Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Innal hamdalillah nahmadu wa nasta'inu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyi'ati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah al-ahadul qahhar wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone we seek his help his assistance and guidance in all things he who ta'ala guides there is none that can misguide him and he whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala leads astray there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone and i bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashim al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind, O you who believe, fear Allah, fear Allah as he deserves to be feared, and do not die except in a state of Islam, do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri, wa yassirli amri, wa ahlul uqtatan min lisani, yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is the first lesson of our reading of Riyad al-Salihin in Masjid al-Azhar. Now alhamdulillah, I have completed the first four or five chapters of this book in another masjid and you can find the recordings of that uh, on various YouTube channels you just have to write Farhan bin Rafi' Riyadh al-Salihin and it will pop up inshallah um, and hopefully the brothers can link it to one of the pages online but uh, for those who are regulars for Monday nights they, they know that this is tafsir night generally uh, but what we have to do is, unfortunately, we couldn't continue this reading of Riyadh al-Salihin. And I really want to finish this reading of Riyadh al-Salihin. Because I think that this is one of the most important books that every Muslim needs to go through. And this is a very practical look at both Qur'an and Sunnah. Things that you can practically take on as a Muslim in your day-to-day life. Now, alhamdulillah, what this book also has, Riyadh al-Salihin, which is predominantly seen as a book of hadith. However, with every chapter that we will go through, you will see that the introduction comprises of verses of the Qur'an. So we can do two good things in one time, two birds, one stone. Tafsir, based off topics on selected verses. And we get the ahadith of the Prophet wasallam, And we are starting off where we left off, which is Babul Muraqabah. Babul Muraqabah, the chapter of mindfulness. Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, muraqabah is a very important concept in the life of a Muslim. Al-muraqabah. And it's a word that you should يعني, live with on a day-to-day basis. And al-muraqabah is a state of mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A state of mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to live in a state where you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. It is to live in a state where you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you and it is as if you see him. And even though you can't see him, you know that he can see you. This is the state of, what's the word? Muraqabah, which is mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? The chapter of Muraqabah. So that's... Yani the gist of what we're going through. Now subhanAllah, we have to understand fundamentally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watches you and his knowledge encompasses all things. Nothing is hidden from the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is hidden 
from Allah wa ta'ala. No internal thought is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No desire is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No hope is he is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No no fear is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No love is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that you do internally, externally is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now subhanallah, one of the fundamental principles of al-muraqabah, this mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that it means that you have to act in a certain way. In public and in private. In public with this understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that you're doing. And so you act accordingly. And in private, that you act the exact same way. That you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching your every movement. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what happens behind closed doors. So this mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just when you're outside. It's a 24-7 cycle that you are living with internally, externally, in public, in private. This is al-muraqabah. Continuous mindfulness. Continuous mindfulness of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you know, with every movement, Allah is watching you. With every statement, Allah is watching you. With every look, Allah is watching you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watches everything you do internally and externally. Meaning that which is hidden within you, Allah knows. And that, what you act, well, that which you perform, your actions, Allah knows. So this is the state of al-muraqabah. Now, subhanallah, this concept is what we will be going through. And this chapter, it comprises of six verses and nine ahadith. Six verses and nine ahadith of the Prophet And the focus of the ahadith particularly is how this concept is applied in your day-to-day life. When is it applicable? How is it applicable? And where is it applicable? Right? This concept of muraqabah. How do you actually, okay, Allah is watching you. Right? It's a very blanket con- like, uh, concept. It's just yani, one size fits all. But how do you actually live with it? The practical essence of it, that is what is going to go through, is what we're going to go through in this chapter, inshaAllah. Now, today, what we will do is we will take the six verses of the introduction of this chapter. Because how Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, has set this book up, he segmented this book in multiple and various chapters. So, patience, truth, watchfulness, all of these things we've... we've yani, you can find it in the books of Riyadh al-Salihin, which is a book that, subhanAllah, I think nearly every masjid in the world has, every home nearly has this book. It's one of the most widespread books of the Islamic world, in Islamic history even. Right? It's like after the Qur'an, this is a book that you'll find everywhere. And it's a book that the scholars, subhanAllah, they have read constantly and over and over again. To the point where some of our contemporary mashayikh in the last, like say, 50 years, they would read the Riyadh al-Salihin time and time and time over again with their students. It's like, okay, we finished it after two years, let's start again. We finished it after two years, let's start again. Why? It's because these are the practical messages of Islam that you need to know. Things that you will, it will encourage you to do good and stay away from that which is evil. So how the book is set, set up is basically chapters that everyone needs. right? Who doesn't need to know that Allah is watching you? Who doesn't need to know? Everyone needs to know that. But how it's set is that he gives you verses first. Verses of the Qur'an And then he's going to give you a hadith And they are all pertaining to one topic So you have to find how they apply right? Because there's not much of a commentary From Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah In the actual book, if that makes sense Everyone with me? 
You do. Yes, you specifically. You specifically. You with me? 100%? 100%? What about you? 100%? We're not going to go for it. How about you? Ah, khalas, you're good. He's there since like for 40 weeks. He knows what's supposed to go. Now, we start off with the first verse of the Quran. First verse that Imam Noah brings over here in this chapter. The first verse that he brings يعني, is two verses right after each other. The first is, and then the next verse Now these are the two verses that are mentioned As the beginning of this introduction By Imam al nawi rahimahullah Verse 218 and 219 From Surah Ash-Shu'ara Surah ash Two verses from here Now the first verse الَّذِي يَرَاكَ حِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sees you when you stand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sees you when you stand. Now, the scholars of tafsir, they give many examples of what this means. The predominant understanding of this verse is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you when you stand up for your prayers. He sees you when you stand up for what? Ah, I caught you slipping. For your prayers. Standing up for your prayers. Now, the majority of the scholars said that this is what is intended. That when you pray, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. Right? Now, there are other scholars who have given other examples. And they've said that it's more general. That every single time you stand up, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you. Now, some have said, right, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you specifically Right? When you leave off that which you love in the dunya for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you leave something like fajr, right? You leave off the comfort of a warm, warm, comfortable bed. Right? You leave off the best part of your sleep. You know that part just with the just fajr? You know what I'm talking You leave off the best part of sleep for the sake of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. He sees it. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees the effort you put in day in, day out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees all the hard work you're putting in day in, day out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you and nothing is lost unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sees you when you're standing. Now subhanAllah, if you think about it, we stand in salah quite often. Right? It's something that's very odd, five times a day, 17 units of prayer on a bare minimum, times that by 365, times that by the average like, lifespan of a person, say 60 years old, and then you get a pretty sizable number. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witnessing you at every single stance. He sees you, and every moment that you put in, He's watching you. It's not lost on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now if I gave you something 17 times a day, I was like, hey, hey, right, just randomly, every time I see you, hey, hey, how are you, salam alaikum, salam alaikum. You're bound to, in a year, forget at least one of the 17 times that I did on one of the days. Does that make sense? Like if I'd done it 17 times on one day, right, a year later, you're not going to remember the 300th time that I said it on yani, day 300. You won't remember date time number four or five. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that he sees you whenever you stand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. Nothing is lost on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, 
he watches that effort and that effort is not lost upon him. And then subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the following verse, he says, And he sees your movements in your prayer amongst those who prostrate, right? With the sajideen. So whether you're alone or whether you're in a group, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see you specifically, right? You, one person, when you're amongst a group, He's looking at every single one of you because Allah is watching you specifically. Don't think you're lost in a group when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you're praying in front of Allah. You know, imagine if someone's been to like a very busy masjid, right? Haram, for instance, where there's like 100, 200, 300,000 people praying at one time and you feel like you're lost in an ocean, right? You feel like you're, you're just an insignificant human being and no one's really paying attention to you and you can look up one, one or two times, right? Because... You're lost in the crowd. No one's focusing on you specifically. But subhanAllah, Allah is watching you individually. He's watching every single one of you specifically while you are amongst those who prostrate. So don't think that just because you're in a group, whenever you're in a group, Allah doesn't see you. No, no, no. He sees you individually. Right? Everyone with me so far? Now, subhanAllah, something that's really interesting that the scholars of tafsir, they make note of. And it has no relation to the actual verse in يعني, reality um, Because that's not the strongest opinion But there is a fact That there is something that's not really mentioned Not something that many speak about uh, Is that Did you know that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Had the ability to look behind his back So if the Prophet sallallahu was praying He had the ability to see behind him Is that something that's known? Did you know that? Hands up if you heard that before One, two, uh, stop flexing, yeah? <laughs> now this is found in hadiths that are found in Sahih al-Bukhari, Muslim Imam Ahmad, Sahih Muslim, other yani very, it's authentic hadiths, no ifs, what's wise about it. And Imam Ahmad and others have said that this is literal, not metaphoric. This is an actual thing that we literally have to believe in. That, subhanAllah, there was a time when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi he prayed one day and he finished his salah. And he says, oh, so-and-so, he called someone out. He says, oh, so-and-so, why don't you pray well? Why are you, why are you running amok in your prayer? Why aren't you praying properly? Right? And he says, after this, the Prophet ﷺ says, why doesn't the worshipper look at how he is praying when he prays? And he is only praying for himself. So when you pray, you're not doing Allah a favor. Jalla Jalalu. You're not doing him a favor. You're doing it for your own sake, Nabi Sallallahu is saying. Because you're the one that's going to be saved from Jahannam. You're the one that's going to go to Jannah. You're the one that's going to be saved from the punishment of the grave. You're the one that's going to get the barakah in your day. You're the one that's going to benefit from what? The salah. So you're praying for yourself. Allah doesn't need you to pray for him. He's al-ghani. He doesn't need you. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He gave you that prayer for yourself. Right? So He says, you're, going to, you're praying, why aren't you praying properly? Why doesn't the person, he look at how he actually prays? And subhanAllah, he says, By Allah, this is the Prophet I'm saying this, By Allah, I can see behind me as well as I can see in front of me. SubhanAllah, this is from Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih Muslim. This hadith is completely authentic. Right? One of the strongest, after, after inshaAllah. Let's say your hand doesn't get tired. Now, imagine... SubhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ is saying that I can see behind me as well as I can see in front of me. Now many of the scholars of hadith, they have said that this is just specifically in the time of prayer. And this has two benefits. One is mentioned and one we can deduce. The first is, yani the Prophet ﷺ was ensuring that everyone was praying properly. 
Imagine Nabi Sallallahu is praying the perfect prayer, right? And everyone behind him is like in, in spinning around in circles, right? Because they're praying in a different way. So he's maintaining and observing the prayer, ensuring that everyone is praying the same way. Because he's a teacher, the teacher of all humanity. So he has to ensure that his congregation is doing exactly what he's doing. Because if someone says, I prayed with the Prophet Sallallahu and I was doing these ones, right? Then that becomes sunnah now Because the Prophet ﷺ didn't change it He didn't fix it So now he can witness and see How every single person is praying Ensuring that the prayer is perfect Of every person That's the first benefit The second benefit Is there is an, uh, uh, an element This is something that we can deduce There is an element of protection and safety and security Here for the Prophet ﷺ Because how many people were murdered during salah Take the second khalifa Who Umar Stabbed when? Fajr, right? The most important person of the ummah at that time. The, by, by consensus of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, right? The most important person alive at the time, leading the prayer in the second holiest place in the entire world, murdered in the prayer. So don't think that there wasn't assassination attempts on the Prophet's life. There were numerous attempts on his life, constant threats. Against the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So now this here يعني, It serves as a protection for Nabi sallallahu sallam If someone wants to do something funny Right? If someone wants to try something Then Nabi sallallahu sallam is completely aware Of that which is happening within his surroundings Everyone with me? Now, subhanallah What is intended We said this is completely unrelated Yeah, that's just something for you That's just You're welcome You know what I mean? But now this is something يعني, On the side But what is intended here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you when you are standing in prayer, when you are in sujood, when you are alone, and when you're by yourself, and when you're in a group, when you're together, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. He can see every movement. Now subhanAllah, when you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you, especially and specifically when you pray, how will you pray? If I told you right now that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sitting here, Watching you pray Aisha today He's going to sit here and he's going to watch you pray How would you pray? Right? I promise you Right? You will pray the best prayer that you've ever prayed in your life now, The opposite If I told you that you were going to die Right? If I told you No one just drops dead after this in the next 30 minutes If I told you that you were going to die In the next 20 to 30 minutes And you had chance for one salah left one salah, how would you pray that prayer? Perfect prayer, right? You'd make sure, you'd go make wudu from the beginning And you'd make sure that every inch of your, your arm was washed You'd make sure that every hair was covered, everything You'd make sure that your prayer was going to be the best prayer you've ever prayed in your life Yes? Now imagine the one whose hand is death in يعني The one who controls death is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The one who sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam If he's saying I'm watching you when you pray Why do you rush your prayers? Why do you rush your prayers? Now if you don't care about that It means you don't know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is You don't know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is You don't understand The the understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not there If that doesn't affect you Then you have to just go three steps back And you need to learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Right? Who the king of all kings is? Who is the master of the day of judgment? Who is the one whose hand either your Jannah or Jahannam is in? Right? Everyone with me? If that doesn't mean anything to you, you've you got a bigger problem. You're going to go three steps back. Right? So subhanAllah, 
when you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you, you're living in this state of al-muraqaba. Right? When you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you, your every movement, your every glance, you look up to see who walked by, who's walking on the side. No, you won't do that. Because you know Allah is watching your every glance, at every statement, everything that you do in the salah, you know that He's watching. Now, subhanAllah, something that is important is how then can you rush your salah for the dunya when you know that Allah is watching you? How many times do we have something important, right? Something important that you have to get to. And your salah is rushed because of the dunya. When the king of all kings is watching you. The king of all kings is watching you. But your dunya is more important. Your dunya is more important. Your risk is in the hands of Allah. But your dunya is more important. Right? So now when you have this state of Allah is watching me. This constant state. This now puts things in perspective. Right? Everyone with me? This is the first one. First two verses, done. We only got four left. And then we can go. Alhamdulillah. Right? Four to go. Now Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah, he gives us the third verse. The third verse is, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ Now this is taken from verse 4 of Surah Al-Hadid. Verse 4 of Surah Al-Hadid. And subhanAllah, the complete verse is a longer verse, but it gives more context. So we're going to take the whole verse inshaAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ يَعْلَمُ مَا يَلِجُ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا وَمَا يَنْزِلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَمَا يَعْرُجُ فِيهَا وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ This gives verse to, يعني context to the portion that was taken out. The context is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created what? The heavens. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created the heavens and the earth in six days. And then he rose, istawa, above the throne, in a manner befitting his majesty. And then he goes on to know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you, yani, what in the earth and whatever comes from it, right, whatever's inside of the earth and whatever comes out of it, he knows it. And whatever descends from the heavens and whatever ascends up to the heavens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. And he is with you, and he is with you, Wherever you may be, he is with you, wherever you may be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-seer of what you do. Now we have to look at what is the meaning of this verse, right? Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he created the heavens and the earth in six days. Why? It's because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did it that way and we are not to ask why. If he wanted to, he could have said, kun fayakun, be and it is. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did so. And there are some scholars who have given us reasons for this. Why did it take six days for the one who can do all things? But we say that it is because this is from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he did it so, and we accept it. And that is end of story. Now if you want to take some deductions from this, you can say, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took his time doing something, why do you rush things? Right? Don't rush things. Don't try to create something or become ripe before it's time. Right? Some things take time in life. Don't rush things. That's one thing that you can take as a logical deduction from these things. But 
when it comes to the how and whys, these are things that we don't usually ask. Why? It's because it's from the unseen. Okay? And that's similar with that which comes after. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says He rose above the throne. He rose above the throne. And we say this is in a manner befitting His Majesty. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, He says, who's, who's Imam Tabari? Who can tell me? The boys who did 30 weeks of tafsir plus. Let's see. Let's see. You're good for it. Muhaddith, Mufassir, Imam al Mufassirin, the scholar of all scholars of tafsir. Right? We say he's the peak of tafsir. The highest point. When did he die? 310 after the hijrah of the Prophet. Now he says the meaning of this is that he rose above his throne and was above it. Okay, we're going to get to this in a bit, inshallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us of the various things to help us understand the level of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge, the type of knowledge that Allah has, the depth of knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. And He starts off first with saying that whatever is in the earth, underneath the ground, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. That's the first thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is underneath the ground. I want you to think about this for a sec, right? Think about يعني, uh, a massive plot of land, right? If anyone يعني, had drive, who went to the Melbourne conference recently, right? Did you see that massive plot? It's like land that's barren. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you've seen what's above. He sees what's above, but also what is underneath. He knows what is held within the land. Now, if someone ever has done digging, you'll be shocked at what you find underneath ground. From like types of worms and weird stuff that you just can't comprehend. It's like another organism, another يعني, whole يعني, world underneath here. It's kind of scary if you don't like worms and stuff like that. Right? Do you like worms? No, hopefully not. Now, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that He knows what's underneath the ground. That's the first thing. And then He tells us, and He knows whatever comes out of it. Whatever comes out of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. It's not news to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says that anything that comes down from the skies, he knows. Every raindrop, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Every yani, hailstorm, every thunder, bolt of lightning, Allah knows. Right? The breeze, everything that comes from the sky, Allah knows. That's one thing. Then he tells us that anything that also ascends, anything that ascends to the heavens, Allah knows. What ascends? Good deeds, bad deeds, and what comes up and down daily? Angels, right? Up and down, daily. You have two that alternate every single day. Everyone with me? Now, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that is happening, even the things that you don't even understand, the things of the unseen. So that which is unseen to your actual eye that you can find out, if you dug underneath the ground, you'll know what's there, Right? But if you ever try to figure out how many angels are going up and down, would you ever figure that out? You won't be able to. Will you be able to figure out how the deeds are taken to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You won't be able to. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you that He knows everything that is underneath the ground. Everything that comes out, that which you see. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something that's even greater. Something that's even greater. He knows the unseen. That which is happening without you even knowing. Your deeds going up and down, the angels coming up and down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that. And there are things that we don't even know. That is from the unseen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. That's happening underneath the ground, above the ground. And that is going up and down from here to the heavens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. Okay? Now, subhanallah. Then we have to take from this, in this context. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He is with you wherever you are. He is with you wherever you are. 
وهو معكم أينما كنتم. Now, Subhanallah, Ibn, Imam Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he says, he watches over you. This is the first thing. He watches your actions. He watches over you, يعني الرقيب, the one who watches over something. And then also he watches your actions. What, wherever you are and in whatever state you're in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watches. He knows. Then he says, whether you are on sea or on the land, whether it is day or night, whether you are in your homes or in plains of barren wilderness, Allah knows. Allah watches. He says, all of it is within the bounds of his knowledge in the same way. It's not different to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you're in a masjid or if you're outside. Allah is still watching you in the same way. Allah subhanahu nothing is different to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether it's, he can see better in the day than in night. No, no, no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of it is the same. Day or night, it's the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. And he says, all of it is under his sight and within his hearing. Everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see and everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can hear. So he hears your words and he sees your positions. And he knows what you hide and he knows what you make apparent. And then Ibn Kathir rahimahullah he says, so there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and there is no deity but him alone. La ilaha illahu. Now subhanallah, he later on he brings the hadith that we will study. It's the first hadith that is coming up after these verses that he says, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you can see him and if you cannot see him then he can see you. Worship him with this understanding. Right? Everyone with me? You're tired. You with me though? Alhamdulillah. So over here, this is how we have to live with. This understanding that he is with you wherever you are. His knowledge is with you wherever you are. He knows every single thing that you are doing. Now Imam Tabari rahimahullah, who is called Imam Mufassirin, died 310. He says something unequivocal in this verse. Unequivocal. This is one of the greatest Mufassirs who ever lived. He says that Allah is watching you, all of you, O people, wherever you may be, and He knows each and every one of you. He knows each and every one of you. There's nothing, no one is strange to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one is less known to Allah, everyone is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He so, says that He knows your every action. He knows your every action, wherever you go to and wherever you return. And He is above His thrones, above the seven heavens. What is unequivocal here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his throne and that his knowledge is there with you. And this is found in the various narrations of Ibn Abbas and others. Now subhanallah, what is mind-boggling is to think that there are those who say that whoever ascribes a place to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left the fold of Islam. There are people who say this, that if you say Allah is on his throne, then you're a kafir now. Right? Now if you have to apply that principle, you would have to make takfir and call the greatest of the Mufassirs who ever lived Kafir. Very scary thought, right? But what they do, subhanAllah, is instead of taking things that are clear cut, as we see here, right? He's saying that Allah is above His throne in a manner befitting His majesty, no problem, right? And His knowledge is everywhere, no issue. Clear cut. But they will try to find obscure passages. They'll leave the clear to go to the Shubuhat. Even with the Quran, they leave the clear verses to go through that which is doubtful. And subhanAllah, and this is something that is a disease. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not trial us in our deen in this way. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. So over here, this is so far in the verse, but there's a portion that's left off. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, he sees every action that you perform. 
Every action that you perform, he sees it. Now subhanAllah, if you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you constantly, now the first one is that he's watching you when you're in a state of worship. Now it's general. kuntum, Wherever you are, Allah is watching you. Right? Now over here, how will you go out in the world? How will you act? If you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. Right? Now subhanAllah, how will your deeds be privately and publicly? When you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you might be in, alone, in, in the room alone, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also there. Right? We know in the famous story of Abu Bakr and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fil ghar, in the cave, hiding from the Quraysh. And Abu Bakr was scared, fearful. And then Nabi sallallahu says, don't be afraid. We are too, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the third. He's with us, wherever we are. And this is a ma'iyya, a closeness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the believers. His aid and assistance is there with the believers. And He is there protecting you. Now subhanallah, this is something that is very important that your public life and your private life needs to align. As much as it can. But you can't be that you're praying outside and when it comes to inside of the home, behind closed doors, no salah is known to you. Salah who? Right? No prayer is known on you. And it's something that's very dangerous. And this is the يعني, problem of nifaq today. Of hypocrisy. That you only worship when people are around you. You only worship when people can see you. You only stay and you lower your gaze when brothers are around you. When your family is around you. But when you're alone, nothing. There's no hurma. There's no protection. There's no sacredness between you and that which goes against the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that only you know. And only you have to deal with. And only you can fix. Because this is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just know that who ma'akum. He is with you. He knows. Nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, then Imam Nawawi rahimahullah, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ this is a verse from Surah Ali Imran, verse 5, and it is the fourth verse out of the six. Only two left, and that's it. I know he's getting long. This is the fourth verse that is mentioned by Imam Nawawi rahimahullah in the introduction to this chapter. Now, this is a clear cut verse that nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which is upon the earth, and that which is where? Fis samawat, right? Fis sama, right? In the sky, that which is in within the heavens. Now subhanAllah, there's so many benefits in this. Our knowledge of the dunya, it grows day by day. Right? Our knowledge of the dunya, it grows day by day. But we know nearly every species of plants that exist. Right? We know every type of, like if you go to the zoo, you'll technically know what animals you're going to see. Right? We've seen nearly every creature that exists on land per se. Right? But subhanAllah, there is an element that we don't know till today. That which is in the bottom of the ocean, on the deepest parts of the ocean, till today, there is always a new microorganism that's found, or a new, some form of plankton, or I don't know, microplankton or something. Something is new is always found at the bottoms of the ocean, things that we haven't even heard of, right? Now, subhanAllah, that is the knowledge of ours of the dunya. Now, I want you to compare that of our knowledge of the sky. Our knowledge of the sky is extremely limited. Extremely limited. Yani, subhanAllah, we are trying to find out if possibly there are things on Mars. Right? They've got their rovers figuring it out for the last 30 years, 20 years, right? They're looking at like these massive 
telescope, the Hubble telescope, they're looking for things in, in space. But our knowledge of things there in يعني, context of what exists out there, as admitted by, by modern يعني, science, is extremely limited. Like we, يعني, we have a solar system, right? And there are massive solar systems, just like we're a tiny solar system. There's like other systems around our system. If someone knows a bit of um, astrophysics or a bit of, if anyone watches like a few, like if they have too much time on YouTube, you know what I mean? Like a YouTube dive goes a bit too long. They'll see some random things, right? That we are actually some minuscule item on like, think of yourself on a globe, right? And then multiply that by like a million. And that's what we really are on the grand context of the sky. We don't really know things about what exists out there, right? Now, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He specifically mentions that He knows that which is upon the land and that which is in the sky, right? So yeah, you might have figured out some things about this dunya, right? But even the history of this world, you barely know what's happened. You barely know what's happened, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to add to that, glorious is His knowledge. What is it? He knows what's in the sky. Not an inch is hidden. Yes, he knows every crevice in the dunya. Every single hole in the dunya is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every ant that exists is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in the sky, every inch of the sky, nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is something about this, is that if he knows about every ant and every little crevice, and in the Qur'an we have that he records for us what one of the ants said when Sulaiman existed thousands of years ago. And he brings that to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa thousands of years after, right? One ant, what he said. So it means that Allah knows everything that exists within يعني, the intricate knowledge. So imagine, why do you think that he doesn't know what you are saying, what you are doing, what you are saying in the privacy of your fake account online or you know, doing your dodgies online or يعني, incognito browser and you think that's going to work, right? And you think that's going to work, right? That's where you put your security and safety, really? Now you think Allah doesn't know that, but he knows what an ant is saying underneath its burrow and saying, oh ants rush into your homes because Sulaiman is here with his army, they're going to trample you and they won't even perceive it. One ant, he knows what he said, and you think you're going to get away with it? Snapchat nine second message, you think that's one time view, that's gonna work? Right, that's gonna work? Come on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is deeper than what you think. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is you can't fathom, you can't come to understand how great this knowledge is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, subhanAllah, this is the understanding that Allah is Al Alim. Allah is Al Alim, the one who knows all things. Everything is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if you went on the earth, if you were going upon the earth with this understanding, how would you act? As Allah knows everything. Nothing's hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, subhanAllah, why do we act in a way where we think that Allah can't see? Right? We try to hide our actions from the people. We try to hide our actions that police don't see us, right? With some people and their money, right? We hope that someone doesn't, doesn't catch the radar of the people. Yes, but subhanAllah, we even, يعني, when, you, when, you, when you look at this, it's, are you scared more of the people than Allah? If you look at it deeper, right? Am I scared of the people seeing me and me being, يعني, my honor being tarnished, but you're not afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You're more afraid of the people? 
Does that make sense, everyone? Like, everyone with me so far? Everyone's a bit tired. Looks like Monday, back to school. It's like, khalas. Jamboree today? Is that why? No? No one went? No, khalas. Okay. Now, this is something that we need to keep reminding ourselves, right? That the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that exists is much greater and much larger than any other punishment that exists on the face of the earth. Right? If we understand this concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a punishment for those who disobey Him, for those who disobey Him, so why are we trying to do things to get away from the eyes of the people but just completely oblivious to the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His protection. Nothing is hidden from the knowledge of Allah and everything is encompassed within the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Imam Nawawi rahimahullah in his introduction he says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is the 14th verse of Surah Al-Fajr A surah that most of us have memorized right? And this is, subhanAllah That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is vigilant Indeed your Lord is vigilant right? So it's not that he's watching for a part of the time And then he is part of the time not watching No, no, no You know when you have, let's just say <coughs> You guys are a bit young Who's going for their license soon? Anyone? No? No one? Okay. Uh, you? <laughs> one kid. <laughs> okay. Two? How soon? Oh, one year, bro. That's not soon. Okay. Who's going for some sort of licensing? Something that they have to go through an exam. Right? There are some exams where the, it's like a one-on-one. -on -one. You can't cheat. The guy is sitting in front of you. You can't get away from it. You can't look right, left. He's sitting right there. Right? You can't hide your act or whatever you're trying to do. Now, subhanAllah, that's vigilant. The guy is just looking at you with every movement. Right? Imagine he's looking at you, a guy just staring at you. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he's vigilant with you. Inna Rabba, your Lord is vigilant. Right? So there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this concept that he's constantly watching you. Constantly watching you. Now, subhanAllah, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, he says that he listens and he sees vigilantly. Vigilantly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala listening to everything you say. So you can... Yani when someone is bothered to look at what you're doing and is bothered to hear what you're saying, they're gonna do. They're gonna. They're humans, right? They're gonna try to listen to everything that you say, right? They're gonna try to eavesdrop. They're gonna try to look behind the curtain. They're gonna try to. No, no, no. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, nothing is hidden. So you can lower your voice, but Allah still sees it, right? You can try to pretend that you're not looking, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sees it, right? So over here, this means that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is vigilant of everything that you do. And subhanAllah, an extra meaning is here Is that yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sees all things and hears all things But Allah is not weak Allah is powerful If someone, if you do something to me I can't really do anything to you I'm Indian, you know what I mean I'm just a random guy from the area I can't do anything to you I don't have boys, you know what I mean like, What am I going to do to you? Right? If you did something to me I'm just going to watch, watch you do something Right? Pretty much Depends, right? Don't test me Astaghfirullah Now, but, يعني, I'm going to watch you do something and I'm going to hear you say something to me. Yes? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is he weak? Is Allah weak? So he's going to watch you. And he's going to see what you're doing. And he's going to hear what you say. Hear what you say and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take you into account. He's going to hold you accountable for what you say and what you do. Because Allah is not weak. So yes, he's vigilant. But he also has the authority of power of judgment. And this is all from the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now subhanAllah, this is something that is very important That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you at every moment And nothing escapes his knowledge 
At every moment, at every place, in every time, Allah is watching you. Nothing escapes His knowledge. And these verses that come before in Surah Al-Fajr, what are they talking about? Who knows? Inna rabbaka What's the verse before it? Huh? Oppressors. But what's the what's the verse before it? Huh? No. It's all about adab, punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you this as saying, as a warning, Allah is vigilant, He's watching what you say. He's watching what you do. Right? He's going to, it's coming here as a threat. Be careful. It's a warning by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine when you say, Ittaqillah, fear Allah. Right? What are you doing? You're almost يعني, threatening Him, cautioning Him, warning Him that Allah is watching. Allah is watching. So this is the understanding here. That this is coming as a warning and a threat. Inna rabbaka labil mirsad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. And he's vigilant. Don't think anything is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows exactly what you are doing. Now, the last verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Nawi rahimahullah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Ya'lamu khainatal a'yun wa ma tukhfi sudur. This is the last verse that is mentioned. And this is the 19th verse of Surah Ghafir. The 19th verse of Surah Ghafir. Now perhaps this is the most important verse for you and I to understand and comprehend in the society that we're living in. This is one of the verses that you need to know. You need to understand. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, that He knows the deceptive and hidden looks. When you look in a deceptive way, when you look in a sly way, he knows. And when you look in a way that you think you are hidden, Allah knows. And He also knows that which the heart conceals, that which the heart hides. Allah knows. Now, subhanAllah, the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even covers those quick glances. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. You know what you're looking at when you're driving, you know what you're looking at when you're on social media, you know what you're looking you know what you're looking at. Those quick glances. Those hidden glances, you think no one's looking. Somebody, think of yeah, some people, they wear shades. And you can tell, you can see, they're not even doing it with their eyes, they're still moving their heads around like idiots. Right? Yani, go look at, go sit in front of one of the coffee shops in the area. Go see, and just look at the eyes of the, of the men outside the coffee shops. Right? Those quick looks, those quick glances when someone walks by. It could be, La qaddar Allah, someone in a wheelchair, they'll probably still look. Right? Astaghfirullah, these coffee are bad Now, subhanAllah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows Those quick and hidden glances He knows everything Things that you think are on the sly, on the down low You might think that they're hidden from the eyes of the people At night, behind closed doors, in a dark room Allah knows He knows those hidden glances Those sly, deceptive looks He knows And subhanAllah Then, if we look at that if Allah knows what you're looking at, He sees those small things, then what happens when يعني, you don't look completely, you never try to lower your gaze? Right? If those sly looks are understood and known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that anything you see, anything you watch, even for an hour or two, is also definitely recorded with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does that make sense? If the minute thing is taken, then obviously the major thing is also taken. Does that make sense? Repeat that to me. Just making sure you're awake. Ah, go, you're slipping. He's not, yeah, that makes sense. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He records the sly glances, the deceptive looks, right? 
then this means this is something small. It's instantaneous. One moment, right? Right? That has millisecond, right? I think I'm quicker than... Huh, someone timed it, right? It's like a millisecond. It's not even a complete second. Now, if he records that, if that's known to Allah, don't you think the things that you spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, two hours watching, do you think that's not known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course it is. So the mini thing is يعني, mentioned here, but there is something greater than that, and obviously that is understood that that is going to be seen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone with me? Yes? 100%? You look out of it, I'm not going to lie. Okay, خلاص, no one is getting rid. You with me? Now, something that is the last part, and we're going to end it on this, inshallah, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He knows what is concealed within the hearts. He knows what is concealed within the hearts. Now, subhanAllah, we all have lusts. We all have desires. We all have hopes, fears, things that are part of our inner thoughts. Right? We know them. Everyone has them. Everyone has certain things. Don't be like, I don't talk to myself, you're weird at this point Everyone talks to themselves Everyone has certain aspirations, certain hopes That sometimes perhaps they've never told anyone Now subhanAllah, I want to tell you something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He knows it better than you do He knows your aspirations and your lusts And your hopes and your wants and your dreams Better than you do Because if I asked you right now Where in your body is lusts and hope and fear And all of these desires where are they stored exactly right now? Some would say the heart, some would say the brain. But if I said, I want you to pinpoint it, which vessel right now, where is it hidden? You know it exists within you. You know that it exists. But I'm asking you, where exactly does it exist? In your body, you couldn't tell me. Where exactly in it, in your brain, where is it? Like, I want the, يعني, to the nth degree, I want the pinpoint location. Where is fear in your body? Where is hope in your body? Where is love in your body? Where is lust in your body? Where is it? You couldn't tell me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could. Because He created you. He knows what? What is hidden within the chests. So He knows things that you have no clue about. No clue, no understanding about. Right? Within your internal mechanism, He knows things that you have no, no understanding about. Right? As an average human being that's walking along this earth. Now subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows all of the feelings that you feel, it is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one side of this verse. The other side of this verse is that you need to be constantly mindful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly what you are doing and why you are doing it. Are you truly doing things for the sake of Allah? Or are you doing it for honor, for status, for fame, for glory, for wealth, for a job, for money, for a wife, for a husband? What are you doing it for and why? Who are you doing it for, right? Like what? Are you doing it for the sake of Allah? Is it sincerely for the sake of Allah? Do you think you're fooling Allah? Do you think you can come and stand in the front line at Fajr? Do you think you're doing it for the sake of Allah? Truly, do you think you're hiding that from Allah? Do you think you're going to get away with it? He knows what you're hiding. You can get away with it from the dunya in the eyes of the people, right? If you wanted to come to the masjid to pray next to her dad, her dad, you know what I mean? Her dad, right? You all know what I'm talking about, right? He's got too many brothers smiling right now. You all know what I'm talking about. He's getting a nudge. <laughs> now, you're, if you're coming to the masjid to pray next to the dad, right? Are you doing it for Allah? Do you think you're going to get away with it? 
Now, the worst is the people who are... Yeah, this is something that's a level higher, okay? There's a certain level to it. Now, those who are practicing deen for a long time, right? For a long time. You've been coming to the masjid for a long time. For a year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. It's important to note that as you are on this path, you need to constantly be vigilant. Constantly be vigilant. Am I doing it for Allah or not? Not just, alhamdulillah, I've been coming for the masjid for ten years now. I feel safe. Right? I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry about this. It's, it's all good. I'm sorted. Now over here, something that is important is that you have to be vigilant more on your tenth day than your first day. When it comes to ensuring that you are being constantly sincere for the sake of Allah. Because on the tenth day, people will recognize that you've been coming for ten days straight. And then you'll get the thing of, brother, you're mashallah, you're, you start getting the praise of the people. They start recognizing you as being the religious one in the family. Right? And then certain things can come in your heart of arrogance and pride or showing off, wanting to be seen, hoping to be praised. Right? Something settles in there. Understand that whatever you do, it needs to be for the sake of Allah. Because we are here to please Him. Him alone. So those, you know those uh, selfies like right? Or like in front of يعني, the Kaaba and people doing sujood or rukur or, or like one uh, uh, fajr, fajr selfie, you know what I mean? Masjid vibes at 3 a.m. in Ramadan. The ka'ak tastes better at fajr time. The ka'ak, <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? It, it all, everything at that time, right? Lakemba is so busy in Ramadan, but wow, I love the taraweeh tonight, right? It, you just want to make it seem that you're doing things for the sake of who? It's not now for Allah because you're, you're doing it for praise now. So you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful. Now, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. Now, I ask you, my brothers and sisters, is that if we are going to live in this state of what? Muraqaba, which is what? Constantly being mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what would change? What in your life would change? What would you stop doing? If you knew that Allah was watching you that very moment, what would change? Would you sell what you're selling? Would you talk to who you're talking to? Would you watch what you're watching? Would you spend your time and your money on what you're spending your time and money on? What would change? What needs to change if you know that Allah is watching you? What needs to change? What do you need to fix in your life? And that's a conversation only you and Allah know. No one else knows. We can't help you with anything. It's not, it's not like you're righteous. You know, you're going to Jannah. That's it. With a click of a finger. No, no. You have to make the hard yards. You have to do the, the hard discipline. You have to do that which is needed and necessary from you. But what would change? Look at your life. Right? If Allah was watching me, if He is watching me, would I do this? Am I supposed to be doing this? Is He going to be pleased with what He's going to see? Is this what He wants me to say? Is this how He wants me to say it? Is this what I should be eating? Is this what should I be spending my time on? These are the questions that you need to be living with. This is the state of muraqaba. Everyone with me? This is the state of mindfulness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not that Allah is watching me. And then goes riba, drinking, gambling, uh, watching that which is haram. Things that uh, almost widespread within homes. Allahu A'lam, many of the major sins, I don't think there is a house that is not touched in it somehow. Right? It's something that's very dangerous. But this state of mindfulness is, am I, what, should I, what am I supposed to change now? That's what this is supposed to be. So inshallah, this is what we're going to go through, right? 
when do you have to have muraqaba? Right, with your wife, with your family, with money, with eating, all of these things, inshallah, we're going to touch on it. Bidnillah. Right? And hopefully, there's only nine ahadith, and hopefully, we take, we're going to finish it by Ramadan. Bidnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. Right? We're going to finish this chapter by Ramadan, inshallah. And that's what we're going to go through the chapter of mindfulness in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, constantly being mindful of Him in all of our affairs. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala anihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakum allahu khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.